Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining us on today's show is beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. First, my view from Section 17 to get us started. I only had a few worries heading into Saturday's game. One, after three highly emotional weeks, would we be focused? The answer was yes. My other worry was keeping Shea Patterson healthy for this Saturday and for those guys down in Columbus next Saturday. Jam and Pep had a really nice game plan that didn't call for Shea to run much, and the offensive line took very good care of him in pass protection, as a matter of fact, I don't think he even was touched. So mission accomplished on both of those counts. Indiana hasn't beaten us since 1987. We've won the last 22 games. Now that doesn't mean we've blown them out 22 times. The last three years have been very close battles. If you'll recall last year, we ended up going to overtime down there before we won. The message is always the same. Respect your opponent and stay focused. This team has done that beautifully, but now we are one step away from something every Michigan fan wants and has been waiting to see for so long, beating Ohio State in the season finale in their house in the biggest game between these two teams since 2006. Now see, even I'm losing focus. First, we have to take care of business against Indiana on Saturday, and they will come to play, believe you me and hopefully we can avoid any injuries of consequence this Saturday. My guest today thinks this Michigan team has the mental makeup that doesn't allow them to overlook any opponent, and I agree with him. Beat writer Aaron McMahon is up next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
here with us on our game day edition this week as we take a look back at the Rutgers game and ahead to uh, Saturday, a cold Saturday game, the home finale in the big house. Beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. How you doing, Aaron? I'm good, Mike. Good to be back. Well, Michigan was expected to win on Saturday, Aaron, against Rutgers, and despite that slow start, mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I thought he looked good on both sides of the ball. You mentioned the slow start, and you know we were talking with uh, Nico Collins afterwards, and he, he acknowledged it. You know, he thought maybe, you know, he thought maybe they got a little they were a little slow off the off the start there. Uh, but you know, at the end, they they, they played well. Um, the offense put it together. Uh, I thought Shea Patterson, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little, little bit later on. But I thought Shea Patterson had one of his best games of the season, just top to bottom. Um, and then the defense, you know, they they give up that that one touchdown run. You know, they're at the end of the first quarter, the 80 yard run. But other than that, I thought they you know they did a good job against Rutgers. I, I was real impressed with Rutgers quarterback Arger Sitkowski. I mean, only a freshman. He's got a good arm. Uh, but I thought Michigan handled them well. Well, as you said, it was a slow start. And I think if they're, if we're nitpicking about things this season, that's one thing you hear fans talk about. Why do we get off to a slow start in so many games? But it was pretty apparent from the get-go, Rutgers was going to load up that box and do everything they could to stop the run or slow it down. But Jim turned to Shea, turned him loose. And that was probably, as you just mentioned, his best performance from top to bottom this year, Aaron. Yeah, I, th- I thought so. He was clean. I mean, I think he was 18 of 27 for, for 260 and, and three touchdowns. And perhaps more importantly, and I've been beating the drum now for the last couple of weeks, he hasn't thrown an interception now, I think, in four games. So, you know, now he's thrown the ball quite a bit, but he's been accurate and he hasn't turned the ball over. Um, when, you, when you ask someone to, to, you know, handle the ball and throw it as much as he has, uh, you know, mistakes are going to happen. There really hasn't been a ton of them. You know, between the receivers not really dropping balls, I think we saw one this past Saturday. I think it was Nico Collins. But, you know, and Jim, Har- <clears throat> Jim Harbaugh has made the comment over the last few weeks that the, the receivers have done a good job of the season as a whole of, of not dropping the ball. So, you know, you know, Shea looked very good. I think pro football focus rated him out, or excuse me, graded him out as the, the best quarterback in the country on, on Saturday or this weekend. Um, and they thought it was his best game of the season. I thought he's very good. You know, they didn't ask him to run the ball at all, which I mean, I went back in the stats and looked at his, you know, his college career. It's the first time in his college career he never, never, uh, never did it. He never ran the football. No, no carries, no attempts. Uh, so it was, it was interesting uh, take. But yeah, Michigan. You know, they they tried to get the run game established there early on. Had some trouble, like you mentioned. Rutgers was loading up and, and obviously trying to take that away from Michigan. Uh, but you know that they they were they responded just fine. Shea threw the ball around. Receivers caught the ball. Um, you know we continue to see you know Shea and the offense get several different receivers involved. I think they now have seven you know, seven different receivers who have caught touchdown passes this season. So all in all, it was it was it was a good uh, good showing from the offense. I thought it's just becoming more apparent each week what a great fit he is for the offense. And you mentioned how well he's been taking care of the ball, Aaron. I'd have to go back and look at the stats, but he, he only has three picks on the season, doesn't he? That's right, yeah. He's completed, I think, 67% of his passes. Um, so, you know, when you, when you break that down, he's, you know, I think he's had 200 uh, attempts this season. And he's only thrown three interceptions. He's completing two out of every three. Um, you know, I think, you know, given Michigan's uh, struggles on offense last season, I think they would have taken that a heartbeat. And I think you would have seen a different offense last year. But it, it's it's amazing what a, you know, a competent, um, you know, efficient, um, effective quarterback will do will do for a team. Well, absolutely. I mean, last year, if uh, if we would have run into this kind of a, a defensive scenario where they're just going to load up the box on us, it might have been a pound at the rest of the day. But so nice to see that, okay, we wanted to run the ball. 
couldn't get it done uh, with them loading the box up. So turn to Shea. That is the big difference, isn't it, this year? It is. It is. You know, his arm has, has been, you know, the difference maker. And then it's something we we talked about when he first came in. You know, we'd seen the the highlight tapes and looked at the stat sheets. And, you know, he'd thrown for three and 400 yards at Ole Miss and, you know, kind of did what he wanted. And, you know, he was affected doing it. But, you know, when when you throw him in the Jim Harbaugh system, you know, like they have, you know, he's, he's, he's they've taken some a little bit away from him. But at the same time, he, they've been able to allow him to – you know, make a play when they, when he when he sees one open. You know, they they they've entrusted him a lot with this offense. Jim's kind of given him almost you know free reign in some respects. And so, you know, when if he's able if he sees a you know opening, he's able to go and run for it. Or you know, he throws the ball. Um, he's been he's been a huge difference maker for this offense. And you know, obviously running Michigan guys running backs back this season, so that, that made a difference as well. But Shea, by and large, has been the the X factor for Michigan's offensive improvement this year. Well, in the running game, Karan went over the 1,000-yard mark, which we were all glad to see. But Chris Evans and True Wilson uh, got their share of carries uh, also on Saturday, Aaron. It it might not have been spectacular, but it was good hard running from all three backs. Yeah, it looks like Chris Evans is healthy. It sounds like he's dealing with a hamstring injury there for for the few weeks he was out. Um, This is now two weeks in a row where he's gotten, I think, over 10 carries per game. Uh, Michigan seems comfortable giving him the football, which which is I think a good thing, you know, considering, you know, the sheer volume of carries Cron Higdon has gotten this season. You know, I went back and I was looking at his numbers last night, and you know, he's well over 200 already for the season. He had like 180 all of last year, and keep in mind, Cron Cron missed a game earlier this year as well. Um, so between the load that Cron's gotten, uh, it's nice to see Chris kind of you know get involved as well and kind of share some of those carries. And then yeah, you mentioned True Wilson. It was a name that you know kind of came up in spring, and then mm-hmm. again in fall camp. The former walk-on, he's really impressed. You know, Jim's very impressed with his his hard-nosed mentality. Um, he's, he's improved his, his his I guess his speed and his his vision on the field. Um, they really like him. You know, he's a short kind of short stout guy, um, but he's got a lot of a lot of power behind him. He's almost like a kind of smaller. And to me, he's almost like a smaller version of Ben Mason. You know, he's uh, he's not afraid to hit people. Uh, he's not afraid to you know um, you know get an extra few yards if he needs them. Uh, but right now, Michigan's running game is, is humming. Well, as we mentioned, the running game did start slowly, and we know why again. Uh, Rutgers was loading up that box. But after the passing game backed them off, Aaron, that offensive line again was just so solid, weren't they? Yeah, I can't tell you how many times watching the game on Saturday, I was thinking to myself, you know, how much time that she had in the pocket. You know, he was sitting back there for, you know, four or five, six seconds. He had, he had all day to throw. Um, I think if if they would have you know let him run, I think he would have had some openings there and gotten some gotten some yards. But no, the offensive line's been and I've, I've said this now for a few weeks now. The offensive line has been the biggest uh, I think surprise to everyone you know following this team, watching this team. You know we we thought they'd make some improvements just because you know most of the group was back this year. It sounded like things they were more they were a more confident group, new coach. Um, it sounded like you know the offensive scheme was simplified a little bit for them. Uh, but they've they've jumped quite a bit. You know they've done a good job not only protecting Shea Patterson but opening up holes with the run game. Um, you know, and you know, the run game that wasn't much of a problem last year. Michigan was able to obviously get some yards against some inferior teams. Um, but they run the ball well against against good defenses too, and that's that's been the biggest surprise. You know, they rushed for over three hundred yards against Michigan State. They did they ran well against Penn State. Um, their their holes and then, you know, Shea's had time to throw the ball and that was that was a big thing last year. Quarterbacks you know, didn't have a ton of time to throw the ball. Um, a lot of sacks. Uh, so yeah, sacks and penalties and tackles for losses have been cut down drastically this year. I think 
know, that's an ode to not only the offensive line, which is I thought played very well, and they've, they've remained healthy too, which has been key. Uh, but the new coach, Ed Warner, I think he's done a fantastic job, and he's probably been the the unsung hero, so to speak, of this season. Well, amen to that. I don't think anyone will disagree with that point. Over on the defensive side, though, Aaron, sort of a mixed bag for the defensive line. They gave up 193 yards on the ground. Got gashed by Isaiah Pacheco, uh, who's got some wheels uh, on that 80-yard touchdown run. But in the end, the damage was minimal, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's exactly what I wrote yesterday. You know, the 193 yards on the ground for Rutgers was a season high uh, for Michigan, kind of giving up. I mean, I don't think they were particularly bad, but they weren't, you know, necessarily on top of their game either on Saturday. You know, I don't, I don't know if that it's chalked up to them. Just you know, it, maybe it, because it was Rutgers, or maybe Rutgers came out and had a really good game, or you know, I don't know what it was. But you know, it, it is what it is. Like you said, the damage was minimal. Um, they didn't give up a ton of big plays, other than Isaiah Pacheco run you mentioned. Um, you know, they didn't get any sacks. They you know, only had a couple of big tackles for loss. Uh, but you know, Rutgers was was struggling all most of the game on offense anyway. It, it was clear and apparent that they've, you know, they need some help out in receiver, and then you know they got some good backs. Um, but you know, you know, Michigan handled them well. I thought, and you know, at the end of the day, only gave up seven points. Um, the, the thing I'm going to be curious to watch going into Indiana on Saturday is whether they can kind of respond from that. And I think they will. Um, you know, but if you know if Indiana, you know, gashes them for some big yards on Saturday, then maybe there's concern there. But right now, I'm going to I'm kind of a wait and see thing. Just about everyone was out of position on that big run by Pacheco, <laughs> being as aggressive as you as always, but just out of position. Uh, the linebacking core was nowhere to be seen on that on that long run, uh, other than chasing Pacheco. But I thought overall they were pretty darn solid too. Aaron, pass coverage from the linebackers was very good Saturday. It was, yeah. The linebackers and the, and the defensive backs I thought did a very good job. You know, uh, I, I was, like I mentioned earlier, I was really impressed with uh, Rutgers' quarterback. He's got a good arm, and um, you know they did a good job of kind of keeping him in check. They didn't didn't complete a ton of passes. I think they had an interception there for. Um, with Ambry Thomas, uh, so they you know did a good job. I thought you know, and that's again that's been a strength of this defense. Again, going back to you know a couple of years ago, years ago, the secondary and even the linebacking group, uh, they've they've been a shut down group. They, they haven't given given up a ton of yards to, to quarterbacks, especially in the Big Ten, uh, and that's been one of the bigger reasons for Michigan's success defensively. You know, they're they're the one criticism against this group is obviously giving up big plays that they've been prone to you know doing that on occasion. Uh, but as long as you minimize that, and you saw that Saturday against Rutgers where they really only had that one big play, uh, you know, this defense is going to keep this Michigan team in the game, you know, almost every week. Man, the secondary was so good on Saturday. You had Brad Hawkins stepping into play, Ambry Thomas having to come in for Lavert. So nice to have depth because they graded out pretty well, didn't they, Aaron? It is, yeah, they did grade out very well. I think Jalen Kelly Paul got some playing time as well. You, you mentioned Ambry Thomas um, in his first career interception. Um, you know, I, it sounds like Michigan, like you mentioned, a little banged up. I, I suspect that Josh Metellus will play Saturday. It sounded like, and Jim said this after the game, but it sounded like Josh could have played. He was he was dressed in, in uniform and on the sideline. Um, and they, they, they had him for an emergency situation, but opted not to play him. Uh, but Levert will be a different case. I, you know, these concussion things are weird because, mm-hmm. you know, guys could clear concussion protocol in a couple of days and be eligible to play. Or it may take them, you know, a week or, or two weeks, like we saw last year with Brandon Peters, where he sat out a little bit. So it, you know, it it, it comes and goes. Um, you know, I guess we probably won't know until maybe later in the week, at least on Levert. Um, but yeah, they they've done a very good job. They, it's one of the deeper groups on on the on the, on the defense, deeper units, I guess, on the, on the defense, the secondary. I mean, a lot of guys back there, a lot of experienced guys as well. 
so it's you know again that that, that goes that speaks volumes I think to this offense and I've seen this defense and, and the group that Don Brown and Mike Zorich and uh, Chris Partridge have kind of kind of built. And it was nice to see Rashawn Gary get as much playing time as he did. Aaron, he he might not be one hundred percent, but he he looks close enough, doesn't he? Yeah, it was it was a homecoming for him too. So I think he definitely you know it was one of those games where you know, he's going back to New Jersey's home, and he I know he had a lot of family and and friends and high school you know folks there and everything else. And I, I'm sure he he really wanted to play. You know, it's been a while. It's been you know gosh over a month now where he's play, really played a, a full game and played you know several snaps. Uh, you know, and he, he looked good. You know, we there was a funny moment after the game in the, in the post-game press conference. Mm-hmm. I think a reporter asked him about his shoulder and everything, and he kind of he he kind of did this motion with his shoulder, moving it, moving it around so everyone can see. And he, he basically, you know, he basically asked everyone, you know, how do you think it looks? And he said he feels fine. He he told us last week. I think he felt 100. Um, percent Whether or not that that is the case, I don't know. But he's he clearly feels well enough to to play, uh, and I think. You know, anytime you ever Sean Gary on your defense, I think uh, it's 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 a good sign for you. Well, one of the questions I had going into Saturday's game was, can Michigan stay focused, especially after the three previous games leading up to Rutgers? And it turned out that was not at all a concern, was it, Aaron? No, other than that that first quarter, I, I thought they were they were fine. You know, there, there weren't a ton of penalties. It wasn't like they got frustrated or or you know any anything else. Um, it, it's clear that this this group is a, is a confident one. Um, we've seen that in the previous weeks now with that revenge tour and the, the way some of these uh, these games have ended up. Um, but you know they, they've got to focus. You know they've said from day one that their goal is to win the Big Ten championship, and I think they realize, you know, to do that you can't overlook some of these inferior teams like Rutgers and Indiana. You've got to go out and play play a full four quarters, uh, p- play well, and, and be consistent. Because because if you don't if you don't you're going to hear about it. You know on Sunday Monday Monday for the coaching staff, especially Don Brown who. You know, he doesn't like giving up points, doesn't giving up like a, t- a ton of yards. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, they, they realize their goals are in front of them. They, they know what they want, um, and they can't afford really to, to slip up. One of the other questions I think a lot of us had on Saturday was, who is Shea's backup? I'm not sure what's going on there. Are you, Aaron? I'm not either. You know, it, it's interesting. It's in, you know, you've got Brandon Peters, obviously, that the guy who started four games last year for Michigan. It's, it seems like he is the, technically the number two. He was the second quarterback in. You know, Saturday against against Rutgers, um, he's been the number two pretty much. You know, other than you know, before Dylan went down, and you know, he was number two early on the season. Uh, so it seems like he's number two. But then, you know, Joe Milton, we've heard a lot about him. You know, going back to spring, the fall about his arm strength and everything else. We haven't seen him throw a pass yet, um, but he has some mobility that Brandon does not. Uh, he's young. He's. It sounds like the coaching staff likes him. Um, the only question mark with him is, is obviously the, the red shirt and what they want to do with him. He's now played in two games because he got in the game at Rutgers as well. He's the third quarterback in, three or four. Um, you know, and they've got two games left before they have to make a decision on whether they want to burn his red shirt. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has said that they want to try and preserve it. You know, however, you know, if you know, if God forbid, if you know, Shea Patterson goes down to a serious injury, then Michigan has a decision to make. You know, who who do you who is the second best quarterback? Who do they think is the most, um, you know, able to to lead this offense? Um, you know, to me, at least from the outside perspective, you think it'd be Peters, just based on his experience and, and playing ability and everything else. Um, but it sounds like the, those two are closer than maybe some folks think. You know, I think everyone had this idea that, you know, uh, you know, uh, Peters would be the outright number two. But you know, Milton saw. Um, saw one drive. Peter saw one drive. We even saw the walk on Michael Sessa late in the game. I think the final two plays of the Rutgers game. 
Uh, but right now, it seems like Peters is number two and Milton is number three. With us here on our game day segment this week is beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Well, Aaron, turning our attention to this Saturday, five and five, Indiana comes to town for the home finale, Senior Day, all of the uh, the good stuff that comes along with that. And thank you, Fox Sports, for a four p.m. kickoff, uh, which you may as well say is going to be a night game, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah, because the sun's going down now. Gosh, closer to six o'clock, five thirty, six o'clock now. So yeah, the second half will definitely be played under the lights. Saturday. Well, the last three years, the Hoosiers, uh, despite not being a great team, have played Michigan very tough there and here. And they're sort of a hot and cold team. They uh, they just came off, of, I think, a four-game losing streak, beat Maryland in a wild one on Saturday. So staying focused, again, is going to be important, Aaron. You just can't mess around with this team, especially knowing what you have next. No, you you can't. You know, while you know while this this Indiana team is, is struggling in some regard, I, I do think it's a better, you know, better quality opponent than what we saw to Rutgers. Um, they've got some good pieces back. They like you mentioned, they they played Michigan uh, close the last few years. Um, they've shown potential to to, to you know, play well this year. You mentioned their, their four game losing streak, um, but they they played a Maryland team that had some you know some good wins as well. They beat them. Uh, you know, they, they handled Rutgers this final of the week. They have a win over Virginia earlier in the year. Virginia's on the verge, I think, of getting in the top 25. So this Indiana team has shown that they, they can play well. They can play well as good teams. But, yeah, you're right. They're going to have to stay focused. Um, they're going to have to keep their eye on the prize. And, you know, thankfully, I think for Michigan, this game does, does come at home. Because if, if you keep in mind, you go back to last year, Michigan was expected to win that game in Indiana last year pretty handily. And ended up going overtime, and you know it was it was dark, Indiana darn near pulled the upset. So it's you know it's it's a game Michigan can't overlook. You know I think some po- folks would maybe look at this as you know quote unquote a trap game mm-hmm. potentially, um, but you know given Michigan's um, their focus the last gosh the last month or so, uh, and not overlooking opponents, you know I think I think uh, I think they'll just be be just fine. You mentioned a trap game. I mean, Michigan is an early 27-and-a-half-point favorite, which is just absolutely ludicrous. Uh, we've won 22 in a row against Indiana. The last time they beat us was in 1987. We all talk about not looking ahead. I think that's a very difficult thing to do. I know the fans are already looking ahead. To keep the players focused on Indiana will be the most important thing. The other thing is health. It is paramount that Michigan comes out of this game without many injuries. Yeah, you know, they're, they're looking okay right now. We, we mentioned earlier this week on LaVert Hill, um, Josh Patelis. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't play on Saturday. Um, Michigan has Rashawn Garrett obviously back and healthy. Tariq Black is back and healthy. By and large, I was talking with someone about this the other day, but by and large, Michigan's been a really um, really healthy team this mm-hmm. year, you know, knock on wood. They've, they haven't had a ton of injuries, season-ending injuries, like you, like you saw last year. Um, you know, their, their key players on both sides of the ball have, have pretty much played almost every snap of every game. Uh, so it's, you know, that you're right. You know, they need to come out of this game. Obviously, they want to win, and they want to win comfortably. Um, but the same token, you know, if you're able to build that lead in the second half, and when we saw this Saturday against Rutgers, you know, Jim's able to put in uh, the second and third stringers, not only get them some more reps and playing time, but preserve those other guys for uh, the following week, obviously, which everyone is, you know, anticipating uh, against Ohio State, which likely will determine the uh, the Big Ten East. Well, and, and as we touched on just a minute ago, keeping Shea Patterson healthy is, uh, as well as uh, everyone else, uh, minimal bumps and bruises, that is paramount. 
Speaking of that backup quarterback situation, I know that uh, Dylan McCaffrey has the uh, broken collarbone. I think last week Jim even mentioned that he's not sure that uh, Dylan won't be back. Is that what you heard too? Yeah, you know, I asked him a question whether he expected Dylan back for the end of the year, and he said he didn't think so. So it sounds like they're not expecting him back. Okay. Um, you know, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he's, you know, comes back healthy, but you know, maybe in terms of in preparation for a bowl game. Uh, but it, it sounds like I don't know. I guess the, I don't know the time, the recovery time on a broken collarbone. I know usually it doesn't require surgery, but you know, oftentimes you, your arm ends up in a sling for an extended period of time. So you know, I don't know what timetable Jim didn't provide one. Um, but I would be surprised if, if we saw Dylan uh, Dylan healthy and, and able to play before the end of the year. Well, a final question for you, Aaron. Uh, let's just say Michigan takes care of business against Indiana Saturday. And I have no doubt that Ohio State is not going to do their part down in Maryland. I know Maryland's got some offense, but I just cannot see them beating Ohio State. If that all happens like we think it's going to, what a hype week we will have next week here. And it might not be as big as the number one, number two matchup in 2006, but it's not going to be far behind, is it? No, it won't be. You know, everyone's been, I think, been looking forward to this game for most of the season, just, I think, from Michigan's perspective, just for, you know, a revenge, you know, factor. And that's not notwithstanding this revenge tour, but, you know, it's been a long time since Michigan's not only beaten Ohio State, but beaten Ohio State and Columbus. I think 2000 was the last time. And, you know, we've seen this 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 story play out before, just a couple of years ago, where Michigan need, needed to beat the Buckeyes in Columbus. Uh, to get in the Big Ten championship game and potentially, you know, a playoff, and they weren't able to, but it was ended up being a heck of a game, you know, close finish there at the end. Uh, and I suspect we'll probably see another another situation, you know, November 24th in, in Columbus. Right now, um, early odds makers at Michigan they're pegging Michigan as a three and a half point favorite mm-hmm. against the Buckeyes, which is which is interesting. Um, so that tells me obviously it's going to be a home game for the Buckeyes. The They'll have momentum as well. Michigan, assuming both teams went out here, uh, but yeah, it's going to be kind of an all-or-nothing thing for Michigan for both teams. Really, the winners can win the East, uh, get a uh, berth in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, obviously, you've got Northwestern waiting, but assuming you know whoever wins that that, uh, that 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 the East title gets in the Big Ten championship, they'll probably win it, and then it's and it's playoffs. So it's it's going to be a big big game. Everything will be riding on it. Uh, emotions will be high, obviously. Uh, but you can't, you know, you can't ask for much more uh, on, the, on the final week of the regular season either. But first things first, and that's taking care of business this week against Indiana in the big house. My guest today on our game day show has been beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Aaron, it's always a pleasure, and we look forward to having you back soon, hopefully to talk playoffs. Absolutely, Mike. Always glad to do it. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, as Aaron and I discussed, it has been a remarkably healthy year for us. We need to keep it that way, especially at quarterback. Lavert Hill is in concussion protocol. It's different with every player, so it doesn't do any good to try and figure out when he'll be back. He will be back when he's cleared, and only then. 
Quiddy Pay hurt his funny bone on Saturday. That's what Jim said at his presser on Monday, but he will be back on Saturday, as will Aubrey Solomon, who actually was not injured but sick with what must have been a virus or the flu. Jim took the opportunity Monday to remind everyone to get their flu shot, too. He also said Tariq Black was progressing very nicely in his comeback and is doing the things he can do, as far as route running, that won't put too much pressure on the outside of his foot. As of today, entering week 11, we couldn't hope or pray to be in any better shape. Thanks again to my guest today, beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. On Thursday's visitor segment, my guest will be Indiana play-by-play legend Don Fisher. He has been the football and basketball voice of the Hoosiers now for 46 years. So make sure you tune in on Thursday for Don. That will do it for this week's game day show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Make sure you come back on Thursday for the Visitor's Edition. Until then, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!